0: Fly-overly, 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 fly-overly. Hello, Flight Pantiacs, welcome back to Fly Herbaly. I'm your host, Steve Jacot. A man, stupid enough to put $5 on the Boston Bruins to win tonight because I thought in no way are they going to lose to the Islanders in six and no way in hell is this going to happen. I mean, it's only five bucks, right? It's not the end of the world, but it's still, you know, in retrospect, it's looking like a dumb bet, uh, 13, 14 minutes left, four to two Islanders. What are you doing, Boston? What are you doing? God. Anyway, on to better things. I have a, a wonderful returning guest tonight, guest host. Maddie Campbell joining me tonight. Maddie, how's it going?
1: Uh much better now that I've dipped out of that Bruins game. Let me tell you.
0: <laughs> well, the Boston just scored, so it's four to two. Oh, who scored? Of four to one. I don't. might have been Marshand. I don't. I don't know, sure. I mean, there's there's thirteen minutes. They could come back, but it's the Islanders. I mean, the Islanders are known for sitting on leads. Like that's a team that when you go down. You ain't coming back most of the time.
1: I know. I did see already one like, oh shit, it's 4-1 tweet. I couldn't believe it. Four to one. Four to
0: one. It's like, I don't know. I just don't. The continued success of the New York Islanders is maybe the storyline I don't, I just can never wrap my head around.
1: It's witchcraft. Like, that's got to be it, right? (laughs) It's the
0: only explanation I buy, it being witchcraft.
1: I certainly don't have any other
0: answers. And the thing about this one, I mean, like, I don't know. It was so funny when the Bruins got fined for daring to speak poorly of the Islanders for, you know, all the interference they actually do in a given game.
1: Oh, my God. I want to say that that is like the dumbest shit that I've ever heard, but it's it's not even close.
0: No, it's not even like, I mean, Tom Wilson assaulted Artemi Panarin and they were
1: just like, uh eh,
0: talky. Just,
1: I can't be surprised at this point, but just, it's unreal. And just, like, the
0: inconsistencies what's get what gets me. Like, if the League was consistent about this stuff, like, I guess they're consistent about one thing. Don't criticize the League. They'll come after you for that every time. But, I mean, as far as, like, any other violations go, there is no rhyme or reason whatsoever.
1: Yeah, it's just insane. And, like, the officials aren't ever made available for public comment. You get slapped with a fine if you're even moderately critical of them. And that was the other thing, too. Like, I thought Cassidy was pretty respectful and measured with his his comments. He wasn't even going off on a tirade and saying they suck at their jobs and should be fired or anything. Like, very measured and still 25 grand. Can't do that. I know. Like, what would have
0: happened if he gave the R-rated John Tortorella version of that?
1: Right. I would
0: have loved to heard that. Yeah. The the torts version, the torts release the torts cut already. (laughs) Oh man. I mean, the entire thing would be bleeped. It wouldn't be available for, for public consumption at all. (laughs) Now we'll talk about the playoffs a little bit more later, but I wanted to have Maddie on specifically because there were some big phantoms news that came out in the past week. So a couple weeks ago, we learned that Scott Gordon and the phantoms were going apart part ways. No, no more beanpot pot trot going on in Lehigh Valley, and it was a mildly shocking. Like it wasn't like, oh, why, why would that happen? But it was like, huh, I'm a little surprised by that.
1: Yeah, I think that's a, a fair assessment. Mild surprise.
0: Mild surprise. It's not earth shattering by any means, but
1: you know, a little,
0: a little unexpected. And then. Rumors started to come out about the new coach, and uh, I heard Ian Perrier's name mentioned, and again, mild surprise. Not, like, a huge surprise because he's been an assistant with the Flyers for years now. But I guess, you know, I wasn't expecting him to pop up on the, the coaching radar so soon as far as the, uh, the Phantoms' position.
1: Yeah, especially considering that he was effectively demoted from... His post as you know, PK coach assistant, uh, with the Flyers what two seasons ago?
0: Yeah, when Vigneault came in and they yeah. brought uh, they brought Yo and uh Terry in for the the assistant coaching position. So what what has so Ian Lapierre first off is the new Phantom's head coach, uh. So congrats to Lappy for that. Uh, great news for him, and I'm I'm happy he's getting this opportunity, but. As uh, uh, somebody on the outside looking in on this organization, I'm extremely curious as to why he got this opportunity. Because Lappy seems like a super nice guy, one of the good guys in the game. That is not up for debate. I think most people will agree with that. But... As far as coaching goes, the, the Flyers didn't particularly do anything well when he was in control of the PK. He wasn't really doing a good job with that. And I don't really know what he's been doing for the past couple of years. The only thing I've heard is he's supposedly the nice guy of what we on Flyperbole have dubbed the ass crew, Big Al and the ass crew, uh, because Michel Tarian specifically, Not so. I don't know what Mike Yo's, um Mike Yo's reputation was coming in here, but Michel Tarion definitely had a a reputation for being, you know, a bit of a jerk. And uh, Lappy supposedly was the nice guy of that crew. That's the one thing I've heard about this, but I don't really know anything else. Like, d- what do you know about this? What what would be the reasoning for uh, Le Perrier coming in as the head coach of the Phantoms at
1: this point? Yeah, I mean, it's. It's really got to come down to for me the the sort of nice guy thing because I can't go like too much into details here but I don't think it's a secret necessarily that there were some sort of personality issues with Gordon. Like we knew that he didn't always get along with all of the players and there was some tension there and I think the Flyers are definitely s- trying to I don't want to say overcorrect, but sort of overcorrect that by bringing in decidedly a player's coach um, to kind of soothe things after that. But from an actual hockey standpoint, um, I have a lot of questions about it because, you know, he doesn't have any experience head coaching at any level, I think. Uh, He was pretty actively bad as a penalty kill coach at the NHL level, and now they want to unleash him, and, you know, it's down a level, sure, but now he has to come up with and implement a whole system. Yeah, I, I don't have uh, too high of expectations. I I want to be wrong about this really badly, but I just, I really don't like it.
0: It's an odd move. And yeah, not having that experience is a big deal because there is so much more that goes into being a head coach, even at the AHL level. Like it's, it's good. He's getting an opportunity at a lower level, but the AHL still a pretty high level of play. I mean, I've seen lower level games and the speed jump to the AHL is pretty significant. And obviously the speed jump to the NHL is
1: insane. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, definitely nothing to sniff at yeah he's gonna have his work cut out for him and I know I forget who who talked about it but the idea is that they're trying to bring in two assistants uh to work with him which is different from the the last coaching staff where it was just Gordon and then Kerry Huffman running the defense um so I guess the idea is bring in two sort of experienced assistants to help with some of the system stuff which seems like a good idea for sure um because he's gonna need some help but at the same time like if you're going in knowing that you're gonna need to hire experienced assistants to help him like why give him the head coaching job in the first place <laughs> like i'm not like, saying it's just there, a favor
0: right? an elaborate favor
1: <laughs> it's just it's wild
0: you're not insane there. I agree with you. <laughs> well, it's like when Chris Vandevelde was around, and you know, Lappy knows that name pretty well, when Chris Vandevelde was around, I was always like, what does he have on this organization that he gets so much playing time? Like, does he do somebody's dry cleaning? Does he have dirty pictures of someone? Like, what's going on? And I think the same thing's been said about Le Perrier a few times. Again, seems like a super nice guy, and I don't want to speak ill of him in that regard, but He hasn't really shown us anything. And again, maybe there's something internal that we don't know about. But from the outside looking in, I haven't seen anything that would really warrant bending over backwards to give him this experience and this opportunity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then, too, if you factor in, like, his name was out there in reports as soon as it was announced that Gordon wasn't going to be back you know like they were talking about if not like he was the front runner for this job if not had basically secured it completely and like that definitely raises some red flags for me too because i don't know maybe they still did their due diligence and interviewed around and talked to people and still decided that lappy was the best choice for the job but it kind of feels like you had your boy planned and I don't know. It, that just doesn't feel like a great hiring practice if you're trying to be successful.
0: Right. And I, I think we've seen over the past few years, how when the AHL level isn't working so well, how that can be a problem for the big club, especially in developing players, which is a huge deal for the Flyers right now. And it's been a huge deal for a few years, considering how many draft picks they've had, as opposed to like under Paul Holmgren, where it was like, oh, a draft pick, that's a nice commodity. How about that?
1: Yeah. And I mean, they've been super, super dedicated to developing prospects and trying to, you know, build from within there. And it it just seems like, I keep saying this, but it just seems like such a weird move.
0: It does seem like a weird move. And... I don't know. It just feels like Ian Perrier because he blocked a shot with his face one time is just a lifetime Philadelphia Flyer employee, which I mean, granted that happens to a lot of guys because they did something historically gritty or tough, they're forever Flyers. And that's that's the Flyers' reputation and you know, I respect that, but I think it's one thing when they're, like, I don't know, team ambassadors or something, but it's another thing when they are are getting, you know, fairly significant coaching positions.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if they had made him an assistant with the Phantoms, I would have been totally fine with it, you know. Um, Maybe not totally fine, but...
0: But that you know, it's it's totally a different thing, especially yeah. if they gave him a more pro, you know, like okay, why don't you try the PK down here? Why don't you try the power play down here? Try something different, and to go for the full head coaching position, uh, it's you know, it's it's not the biggest decision in the world for the for the organization at the end of the day, but it's I think it's pretty significant, and I I, I don't know, I, I mean, I, prove me wrong by all means, Lappy. I I really want you to prove me wrong, but. I'm not really sure where this is coming from.
1: Yeah, and listen, like, I've been wrong about this stuff before, too. Like, I remember I I didn't like when the, uh, the Senators decided to hire DJ Smith because I absolutely hated how he was running the PK and defense in Toronto, and I just thought that that was a real risk for a hire, and he's been doing okay up there. I mean, I don't watch a ton of Senators games, but you know, they're actually getting something out of that roster, which is a little messy still, but yeah, I was wrong there. I would love to be wrong here, but I, I have a lot of questions heading into next season. That's for sure. Yeah. A lot
0: of questions and you know, they're, they're going to have guys who are going to have a shot to, to make the NHL club straight up next year, but there's going to be some significant names who don't ultimately make it. A lot of guys on the fence and I don't want to, and again, like the coach isn't going to be totally in charge of if they regress, if they have progress, you know, that's not entirely up to the coach, but the AHL coach does have a significant impact on that and say, Cam York is one of the guys I'm really thinking of here because Cam York, this is really not a sink or swim year, but it could be a big leap for him potentially. And if he doesn't make the flyers, he's a hundred percent going to be a regular with the Phantoms.
1: Yeah. I mean personally i don't want to like you know put too much pressure on him but i'm sort of penciling him in for the uh for making the team out of camp um i
0: hope he does yeah
1: just he looks ready to me i i would understand if they decide to be a little bit more cautious but yeah i mean they're gonna have some serious names that they're gonna be working with down there especially if they decide they want to start frost down there for some reason you know if he's since he's coming back from the injury and everything stakes are high that's for sure
0: yeah and uh, yeah frost is a big one i don't know if i i I can't imagine that wade allison isn't going to make the big club next year after the impact he had in only a few games but you know allison's another guy who could be an in-betweener uh you know there's a there's a few guys right now that are just on the precipice there. And I don't know if, uh, like Zade Wilson or wisdom, not Wilson, geez. <laughs> I don't know if Zade wisdom is gonna, you know, is he going to go back to juniors? Is he going to stay with the AHL? You know, stuff like that really is a, a another big part of this.
1: Yeah. That's uh, going to be a weird one too, as sort of a tangent. I haven't heard yet. Um, if there are going to be any changes to the, uh, the CHL agreement with, regards to like the guys who were already playing in the AHL this season Um, because yeah if they go back to normal um, next season it's gonna be gonna be weird for Forster and and Wisdom Uh, they might have to take a step back down a level which that sucks (laughs) sucks (laughs) yeah I don't think it's gonna hurt them but
0: yeah, but I mean, like, when you get to play at the professional level, you play, play at that speed, you play at that level of competition. You don't want to go back to a, a le- you know, I don't want to call it a lesser level, but it is more or less a lesser level.
1: Yeah, I mean, they would go back to playing against teenagers every night, and I, I don't know how much that would benefit them now that they've gotten a taste of the pro game.
0: I always think back to when Scott Lawton was coming up and his last time playing against teenagers, and he put up like a hundred some points and got people really hyped. Like, oh, Scott Lawton's going to be a sc-. He's not going to be a scorer, guys. That's just not his game. But he was just that advanced at that point that he just dominated everybody.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, I understand why it's in place, but I, I do have a lot of issues with the, the CHL rule there.
0: Yeah, it keeps you, especially when you draft a guy, you have some hype, and it's like, well, you're not going to see him for two or three years because of the CHL rule, sorry.
1: Yeah, and, you know, it's it's definitely not benefiting all players when, especially in their draftless two-year, they're just kind of dunking on teenagers every night. Like, yeah, you're not really de- developing to the degree that you could be at that point, so uh, it's not great.
0: Not great, just like the fact that the Islanders just put up their fifth goal of the night on an empty net with a minute left, so it's looking like the New York Islanders are heading to the conference final. I I I don't know if it's East or West because they're reseeding, so whatever it is, but ugh, God. I hate that. I hate this team so much. I, you know, it takes a lot for me to, to actively root for a Boston team and, like, I feel dirty for doing that, but I really didn't want to see the
1: Islanders play any more hockey this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm in exactly the same boat. Like, I don't particularly like the Bruins, but uh, I think the Islanders are just unwatchable frankly and i would like for them to be punching a one-way ticket to the sun rather so uh this is a, <laughs> a one-way a way ticket one. to
0: the sun <laughs> i love that I, yeah they're unwatchable they are just regressive they bring hockey to a time that nobody wants to watch anymore that's just not the game most people want to watch outside of long island
1: yeah it's bad i already said i forget to who but if we somehow get a montreal New York final I'm quitting the NHL just going to AHL college hockey I I give up I can't do it anymore
0: yeah I'm just completely done at that point I mean I won't obviously be I just I you know I have too much hate for myself uh self-loathing Flyers fan that I, I you know I can't give up but it's man it's brutal it's absolutely brutal oh it's six to two okay good that's it, what a choke job by the Bruins. Just what a talented team that completely choked against whatever the New York Islanders are. So congrats to the New York Islanders. I'm so sorry we have to keep watching them. The Canadians, I, I'm i dreading talking about the playoffs later because it's not working out like I think most people wanted it to.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, let me let's wrap up the lappy conversation real quick because there's not much more to say on it, but... You know, and then we can just talk playoffs and and call it a night because there's no reason to talk for three hours at this point when there's no Flyers <laughs> news except for Ian Perrier and Felix Sandstrom may or may not be playing for the Phantoms next year. But who really cares that much? You know, it changes by I the care second. A little bit. It changes by the second. It's uh, who who knows where the news really is with Felix Sandstrom. Felix the Cat. One thing I wanted to bring up with Lappy, so we were. Talking in the Slack the other day about when he had his his infamous shot block, and it was back in 2010. I found out, but when I Googled it, I came up with a New York Times article from 2017 about Ian Leperrier. and I just you know had to read it because I was like, oh, it, the New York Times doesn't write about the Philadelphia Flyers that often, so I had to check it out, and it actually had some interesting quotes that kind of apply to because again we don't really know what Lappy's style is going to be we don't really know much about him and these aren't maybe aren't the most interesting quotes they're hockey quotes at the end of the day and those are rarely interesting but I'm going to read them anyway so the first one from Pierre-Edouard Belmar a you know friend of the show Pierre-Edouard Belmar one of the few ex-flyers still in the game right now in the playoffs rather any player who's willing to put his face in front of a slapper You've got to respect what he's saying, said Pierre-Edouard Belmar, a veteran forward who kills penalties for the Flyers. Killed him so well. And, you know, still kills penalties. That's all he does. He was not good here. When Lappy tells you something, he's not telling you something to mess around. Okay, so not, no messing around from Lappy. No nonsense, except when there's nonsense. <laughs> good quotes right there. And then Wayne Simmons said he was just one of those players Philadelphia took to immediately referring to LaPierre's blocking shots with his face. Simmons added, once that happens, Philadelphia adopts you for life. He'd block any shot. It's a lot of work. It's rewarding. He said, it's up and down. There's no, Oh wait. And that was a quote later from LaPierre, but so, you know, Simmons talking about the grit and you know, he blocked a shot. Okay. And that's primarily what the article's about. He blocked shots. And now he coaches. Wow. Oh, wow. But, yeah, I mean, it's just this is all we know about this guy at the end of the day is just grit and likability and grit.
1: <laughs> yeah, I uh, I loved the, the quote from the other day that one of his focuses uh, with the team is going to be fitness because no other hockey team on the planet cares about their team being fit.
0: <laughs> Nobody.
1: Groundbreaking. Thank you
0: groundbreaking, but is he not going to let them have like pizza and wings? Because apparently that this fan base will not let that slide.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess uh, apparently the, the old model was just your off season training was pizza wings fucking off until training camp. Like,
0: (laughs) I mean, that was the seventies model. That's for sure. (laughs) Seventies model was like, I'm going to the lake. I'm drinking a thousand beers and just, I'll see you when, the season comes up again guys. Honestly goals. you know? It was a more... it was a more fun time for hockey. more exciting right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it should be exciting. We just keep seeing these these teams we don't want to win win and it's so frustrating. Uh. So finally, some inspirational quotes from Lapi from this 2017 article. La perriere now 43, said he enjoyed coaching. It's a lot of work, but it's rewarding. It's up and down. There's nothing like a winning streak. But then he added, there's nothing like playing.
1: I don't know about you, but I just got goosebumps.
0: Goosebumps. the lappy bumps everywhere. (laughs) I don't know if that's a phrase I should be throwing out there if anybody wants that, but you know, the lappy bumps are there. (laughs) The guy loved playing. You know, he's a grit and heart and hustle guy. Look, I'm mocking, but I really hope this guy is just everything the Flyers have kept him around to be. And there's a reason they've kept him around. I just want to see it. I want to know what that is. I don't know if he just has to go on his like vision quest to find his coaching groove or whatever, but I really hope it comes together for Lappy.
1: Yeah. I just had a horrible thought.
0: Oh, what is that? I love horrible thoughts.
1: <laughs> Do you think they're trying to groom him for, uh, for, uh, an NHL head coaching situation? I know we joke a oh. lot about that, but, like, but what if?
0: Oh, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Would not surprise me in the slightest.
1: Ugh, I hate the sport. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, it, these things always start like this, too, where it's like, okay, like, wh- why would they rush him in there if they did I don't know. <sighs> it, one of the problems with the Flyers is the lack of new blood, and, you know, I, I don't want to prove guys like Mike Sielski right then they do stuff like this and it's like oh come on don't be the same old flyers don't prove sealski right
1: yeah it's just pretty maddening like this is a surefire way to make sure that you're stuck in the same sort of murky middle mediocre situation for ever it's not great
0: it's not great and i just hope this franchise is learning you can't I, think they've le- I thought they had learned that lesson, but now I'm suspicious because of just how they've groomed Lappy so far. But I thought they had learned the lesson that you can't just rely on the alumni for everything. Because that was the plan for years. Like, okay, things aren't going so good. Let's go, uh, Let's have a night for this guy. Let's have a night for Joel Otto. Okay, Trent Clat night. Let's get him out here. Bad. Just bad. Bad. The story of the Philadelphia Flyers. Bad. Well... Good luck, Lappy. You're gonna need it. And a uh, shout-out to that New York Times article for linking to the old BSH Spreadshirt site for the <laughs> Put-On-Your-Lappy-Face shirt. That really amused me, going through some of the old ones. Like, Malkin's Ugly. <laughs> Amazing. Some of the classics right there. Now, I would like to br- talk about these playoffs. So we were talking about the Islanders in Boston for a bit, so that series is now over with the Islanders moving on. And... The Islanders now are one of two teams that have locked up their conference final, no three teams. Uh, so Tampa Bay's locked it up over Carolina and Montreal completely swept the Winnipeg jets. And I have so many thoughts on what Montreal has done and everything with the Canadian division. And I, I mentioned this briefly with Kurt last week, but I am just still upset that we were robbed of the toronto edmonton second round that we all wanted it would have been glorious and instead we got montreal straight up sweeping the jets and nobody cared
1: oh yeah it was bad i mean also how bad do the oilers look at this point like the jets looked so bad for pretty much the entirety of that series and they uh they took care of the oilers pretty easily
0: Oh, I know. I couldn't believe how, well, I actually thought the Jets were going to wipe the floor with Montreal because of how much they shot, they shut down the Edmonton Oilers. Like Connor McDavid didn't do shit against them. And they, they looked like, they looked like an AHL club against Montreal.
1: Yeah. It's uh, it was pretty ugly. And and you can't even say it was just because they lost Shifley. Like they just looked Bad.
0: They had enough death without Scheifele that they should have still been able to win that series, and it's not like Montreal is, like, this sleeping giant. Montreal had one more point than the Flyers, and the Flyers pretty much gave up in the middle of the season. I, I it's, it, Montreal, I mean, th- that actually makes me feel slightly better about the Flyers. <laughs> Only slightly, but, you know, just a little bit. I, I Any little bit helps, but... I the fact that Montreal, who, again, only had one more point than the Flyers in the regular season, has had this much playoff success gives me a a minor amount of hope for the future. I I mean, I guess they're getting it done through system and defense and carry price.
1: Yeah. And that's the other thing, too. Like, I mean, there were issues with Toronto themselves in in that first round series, but they did kind of get goalied. Kerry Price was just playing on another level for that whole series. But I I didn't think it was the same, really, for the Jets. You know, they had their chances. It's not like Price just totally took over and, you know, what can you do there?
0: Right. I mean, Price really is one of those goalies that when he's on, you sit back and you're like, well, what can you even do about that? We saw that plenty when the Flyers played Montreal in the playoffs last year. That was... You know, I felt for the, I actually probably should have given them more of a chance after seeing that series last year. I think we blamed a lot of that on the Flyers being bad, but maybe Montreal's got a pretty good system at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, they definitely do. And as frustrating as it is to watch, um, I feel like them and the Islanders are in a pretty similar boat for me. It, uh, it works. I mean, we'll see how much longer it works for, you know, when they get some higher skill teams. We'll see what happens, but, uh... <laughs> what yeah. was all that Eric Gustafson magic? Oh, yeah. Can't forget about that.
0: You don't trade a bottom barrel pick for Eric Gustafson to not play him in the playoffs and score a friggin' goal. I... Just stunning.
1: Yeah, I was actually laughing out loud <laughs> when that happened. <laughs> oh, it's like man. a sick
0: joke at this point. <laughs>
1: The universe is laughing at us. There's no way that the universe is not just laughing at us.
0: It's true. It's absolutely true. I mean, just looking like Corey Perry is scoring for the Montreal Canadiens right now. Corey Perry. Like, I I can't believe this guy's still in the league and he's in there stirring shit, accidentally knocking out one of the best players in the league and (laughs) scoring key goals.
1: Thanks. I hate it.
0: It's pretty terrible. That's the Montreal Canadiens experience for you.
1: Just so much of it is so cursed.
0: It's so cursed. And the fact that we've got Montreal, we've got the Islanders. Tampa Bay beating Carolina was not a great surprise. I mean, I'd be pissed if I was Carolina that, you know, Tampa Bay is basically allowed to be ridiculously over the salary cap and, you know, just dominate like this. But at the end of the day, Carolina also is a team that went into the playoffs as a contender, but. They really had just shit goaltending. They've gotten by with just decent goaltending, but a lot of the time in the playoffs, that's really the make or break right there.
1: Yeah, I I think you said it perfectly. I One of the things that really hurt them is just neither of their goalies got hot at the right time. So what can you do there? I mean, they also had some injuries, right? Nothing like super, super major, but they had some guys who were like missed a couple of games and were dinged up.
0: They're one of those teams I just, I feel bad for, uh, ultimately, that they had to run into Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay's just too damn good, but Carolina's a lot of fun, they have a lot of guys that you can root for, I think Brindamore is just such an insanely rootable guy, even if I wasn't a Flyers fan and grew up with Rob Brindamore, I would still find myself rooting for that guy, because he just, he just oozes passion and, like, he just he's, he's very charismatic in that coaching position and his his strategic gray lock of hair which I still think he does on purpose. <laughs> for sure. Somebody prove me otherwise on that. Nobody has that one perfect lock of gray hair unless they are just doing that on purpose. There's just no way. Neither receipts who's going to come through. Come on, somebody somebody serve it up to me. Come on people, come through for me. Radhabad, though very likable guy that that video he had where he got his dad on the phone after their their series win. And that that was so cool. That really just brought a tear to my eye. It was getting dusty in the room.
1: Yeah, that was really nice. And, you know, obviously getting bounced in the second round sucks. And, you know, I'm sure it doesn't feel good for any of them. But I think if I were a Canes fan, I probably do come away from this feeling pretty optimistic. You know, they're they're building something good there. I mean, they have some Pieces to lock up this off season, but they definitely do seem to be trending in the right direction.
0: They do seem to be trending in the right direction. That's a team I am definitely jealous of, and it's all Dr. T at the end of the day. Dr. T coming through and making the Hurricanes into a perennial, not quite powerhouse yet, but uh, they're getting there. Soon. Soon. Just get, get a goaltender better than Peter Morazic, guys. Just, you <laughs> can't do it with Morazic. It's not going to happen. Whoever could have predicted. <laughs> Certainly nobody on this blog (laughs) final series we haven't talked about yet we haven't talked about colorado and las vegas the avs and the golden knights and the golden knights really turned that series around i mean colorado had one of the most dominant playoff performances i've seen in a hot minute in game one and they edged them in game two but then vegas won those back-to-back games at home and then they won that thriller last night in colorado and all of a sudden they're up 3-2 and like favored avs the team that we all thought was going to cruise
1: to the Stanley Cup final
0: they're on the ropes all of a sudden
1: yeah i can't even pretend like i was expecting this and i know yeah like losing kadri definitely hurt them but that team is so deep and i i i don't know i don't know what's going on there i Want to be optimistic because I think they are the better team and they sh- that should win out, but I don't know. I'm a little nervous.
0: I'm nervous too. I mean, that was the team I was rooting for. Not that I have a problem with Vegas. I mean, the only my literally my only problem with Vegas is I feel like their fan base just they have had the most like charmed life since this team came into the league. Like, they are just their perennial powerhouse, just out of the gate. It's crazy with. Mostly nobody players. They have made some smart acquisitions. Like, I think Max Pacioretty was a great acquisition. Mark Stone, an amazing acquisition. He had the game winner last night. And one of those guys I'm just always jealous of whenever I watch him. He's so good. He's so good. That game winner, it was just such a perfect shot.
1: Yeah, I I don't like it, but (laughs) I respect it.
0: (laughs) I don't like it, but I respect it. Yeah, I'm right there with it.
1: Well, and the thing was with
0: that game last night like the abs had a ton of chances the abs could have buried that game like i think rattan alone had like a couple posts or just near misses with these just crazy roof shots and he just couldn't bury it and i don't know if the team's snake bitten or what but i mean it's do or die time
1: yeah and i feel like that's been a lot of the series for uh for randon specifically like he's gotten a bunch of looks but For whatever reason, it's just not really clicking for him right now. And uh, that's certainly a concern.
0: Yeah, it's a shame this isn't a conference final right here because this is just such a good matchup.
1: Right, can we just start the series over? Whoever wins, I don't know, whatever. But I need more of this. Well, because it's all crap from here. (laughs) Like,
0: I, I mean, Tampa Bay is great. I like watching Tampa Bay a lot, but they just want it. I don't want to see Tampa Bay again. Colorado or Vegas, I'm going to root for whoever wins there. They both play fun hockey. But Montreal and the Islanders are just... It's Montreal and the Islanders. Yeah, hard pass there. It's... Oh, man. <sighs> so what's the, the format this year? They they complete re-se- completely reseed going into the conference finals?
1: I think so. Okay. I probably should have looked that up, but preparation.
0: Same, same. I, you know, I'm asking the question here and I don't know. It's very weird this year. It's just, it's all different. And look, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. We should be seeing in the Stanley Cup final, whoever wins from Colorado, Vegas, and hopefully Tampa Bay. I think I picked... I think in my bracket I picked Colorado and Tampa Bay ultimately, which I would love to see. That would be an amazing Stanley Cup final. And if it's Montreal and the Islanders, yeah, it might be just time to quit hockey. You know, professional hockey, not you know the HL or anything, but professional hockey. I'm, I'll see you.
1: Yeah, I, that's that's the safe bet. I just, I can't, I just, I can't do it.
0: No, I can't do it anymore. I just
1: can't. It's like.
0: When does the randomness of the playoffs just become too much? Well, this year might be the year it became too much.
1: That's it. There's your answer. It just sucks. Like, I don't want it to.
0: I like that hockey does have the element of the underdog can actually win. It's something that drives me a little nuts in the NBA. But at the same time, like you do end up seeing the best teams come out on top, which you are rewarded for being the best team and you get better matchups at the end of the day but it's also I wouldn't have gotten to see the 2010 Flyers cup run if the NHL played out like that
1: yeah i mean it's great when the underdog isn't boring as hell
0: right I, that's one thing you can't say about the 2010 flyers they were not boring as hell that was an exciting damn team
1: ugh just just getting big nostalgia
0: I know. I'm just tearing up thinking about Ville Leno and Michael Leighton and Ryan Parent. No, those aren't the guys you think of. Maybe Ville Leno. <laughs> Maybe Ville Leno. <sighs> we were talking about this in the Slack the other day too. Like when were the Flyers last considered like legitimate contenders? And it would probably be like obviously when they were in the cup, but before that they barely made the playoffs and then You've got the 2011 team, which was a legit powerhouse until they ran out of steam. And the 2012 team, I don't know. They they were great. They were a lot of fun to watch, but they also lost to the Devils in the second round. So I don't know. I guess you could consider them maybe not a, a contender, but they were almost a contender.
1: In the mix. I'll take that. In the mix.
0: In the mix is a good descriptor for that, but like, it certainly hasn't been that way since.
1: Yeah. Ugh. What a time.
0: Listen, Chuck is in his laboratory. He's just cooking up trades. Chucky 2 trades. He's gonna make four billion trades by the he's gonna make every big trade that everybody's wanted. Johnny Hockey's on his way. And Dougie Hamilton and Seth Jones. All those guys, they're coming. No, don't please do not quote me on any of that. And i i don't know i'm very is suspicious the word i'm looking for i just don't i'm i'm very doubtful that the flyers are going to make even one of these moves i think they're going to make a defensive move i don't know what that is but i think they're going to make a move on defense but i i really am not sure if they're going to do anything else
1: yeah i i feel pretty pretty much the same um And, you know, I don't think that's unreasonable, too. I mean, how often have we seen them do sort of the bare minimum of moves and hoping for the best? But, yeah, I I do think there's a pretty easy out for them here with just the weird pandemic year and using that as an excuse to to pretty much run it back with, you know, minor tinkering. Yeah, it, it makes me a little nervous, too, for sure.
0: Well, they're being thrown out there in a lot of these, these rumors right now. Like the return when it was Ron Hextall, most of the rumors were pretty much like, I guess just there were homegrown rumors, right? Everybody pretty much just came up with these champagne dreams for the flyers and were disappointed when they didn't happen. And there was just no smoke to that fire whatsoever. Uh, is it a fire to the smoke. Who cares? But Currently, it really does seem like, you know, like Pierre Lebrun was the one who brought up the Seth Jones thing that's been buzzing around for the past week or two.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I. That one I've been thinking a lot about, and I I don't love that, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I I really I was talking I talked about this a lot with Kurt last week. And when I first heard the name, I was really excited. Seth Jones, I love that guy. That's great. And then everything I've heard about it since really has just brought me down to earth on that. Like all the articles I've read, all the analysis, it's just it's just not looking as good as it initially sounded,
1: yeah. I um, I think the the video that Brad used in his article really scared me off just watching his entry defense is just. Really, really brutal. Um, And listen, like, he's still good. I'm not going to pretend like he's actively bad. And why would you ever, ever want him on your hockey team? But for what it's going to cost to get him and then for the contract that he's going to command. Yeah, I I don't know if I'm willing to to take the gamble that he's going to rebound here. Because there are some serious holes in his game.
0: Right. And he's not at an age where that stuff's just, I don't know. He's not young and malleable. Right. Where you can just kind of like still work on his game. Like he's really in his prime right now. This is who he is.
1: Yeah. It's uh, kind of, it is what it is at this point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Right now. Are you expecting the flyers to do anything specifically? I I'm looking at defense and, I mean, you know, you could say anything in general, but, like, is your expectation that the Flyers are going to make a, a significant trade or signing this offseason?
1: Um, I think yes, but, like, one.
0: Okay, just one, so not the uh the ten Jenga moves that everybody's expecting. It's like, okay, no, the, the tower's going to be standing, but it's going to, I don't even know what the Jenga metaphor is here, but, you know... <laughs> whatever people are expecting Chuck Fletcher to be wheeling and dealing in a way that he's never really done, but people have that expectation. I think it's not even the expectation. It's the desire because I, I guess the thing is the last time the flyers were really competitive or not competitive, but a contender was under Paul Holmgren and Paul Holmgren wheeled and dealed. He made batshit insane moves and it was a lot of fun to watch.
1: Yeah. And, that's just really not Fletcher's play and it never really has been right um, I don't know why really we would go into this offseason expecting that he's gonna like sign Hamilton also trade for Ellis do like a 12 player swap that brings Jack Eichel to Philly just, just like no
0: completely rework the roster I mean have you guys have you seen Chuck Fletcher's haircut this is not a risky man here <laughs>
1: I don't know, that jacket though. Been... Uh, you
0: know, the jackets, the jacket's alright. But like <laughs> if Chuck Fletcher came in with a full like 80s punk rock mohawk tomorrow, then I'd be like, this is a man who's gonna do some crazy shit. I'm on board.
1: No, we're uh we're sticking with the, the sensible cut.
0: The sensible cut. Just parting it to the side and calling it a day. That's Chucky Two trades for you right there.
1: Here we are. Here
0: we are. All right, gang, not going an hour and a half tonight because I decided I don't want to do that. And that's how it is. (laughs) But thank you so much for listening. Always appreciate it. Now, Maddie, I did not properly prepare you for this. So if you if you want to tap out, that's okay. But what I've been doing post flyer season is I've been asking uh, the people who have been on with me, if they could give some sort of media suggestion for people for the summer. So, Charlie gave me some music. Kirk gave me a couple TV shows. So, is there like a TV show, movie, music, book kind of suggestion you can give people for the summer to get them through this flyerless time?
1: Oh, man. I'm like completely useless here because I've been doing just 100% draft stuff. <laughs> well, that's and fine. That's. Playoffs. that's
0: you can tap out. I will give one if you are tapping out. That's perfectly fine. And uh, that I caught you off guard with that, too. I should have given you the, the heads up. And also, the playoffs have been great, except for when they haven't, and we end up with Montreal and the Islanders in the finals here. So that's, that's just great. I love it. I'm not in denial at all about this. All right. My suggestion is going to be a great Taika Waititi film called Hunt for the Wilder People. It is a fantastic film. I believe it was the one he did right before Thor Ragnarok. And it is just full of heart and comedy. And it's got Sam Neill, who's just great. So check out Hunt for the Wilder People. I think it's on Netflix right now. And it's, uh, it's a fantastic movie. So check that out.
1: I feel like I remember seeing a trailer for that when it came out, but it's like never actually made its way up my to-watch list to actively watching. So thank you for that.
0: Yeah, well, you're welcome. If you check it out, let me know. It, it, I I really love it, and I think it's a, a great movie for for almost anybody to check out. It, it Taika Waititi's got some some very strange humor sometimes, but I think that one's got so much heart and is just really just like a fun. Uh, movie at the end of the day so it's a, I really enjoyed that one it's I actually should rewatch that it's a lot of fun and you know I, I give media suggestions like I'm just constantly watching TV while I'm working from home right now it is just it's almost a problem at this point point. and w- when I have to go back to the office in the fall it's just going to, I'm just going to go through withdrawal
1: yeah what are you going to do what's your uh, your white noise going to be <sighs>
0: I don't know and are they going to let me get away with just keeping like my, my headphones in all day. I guess I'm going to get back on my podcast regimen because that's really been thrown off since I, I've been working from home.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Don't send me back. Just keep me home forever. That's that's all I want.
1: <laughs> the ideal.
0: The ideal. At least for me. Not everybody works well from home, but I bought myself two giant monitors and I sit behind those all day and I, I actually work very well from home. That's That's where I like to be.
1: If it works, they should let you do it, in my opinion.
0: You're damn right. Exactly. Maddie gets it. I'm the boss here now. You are the boss. (laughs) I was going to make a you're the captain now joke, but I don't know if that's even... Can you still do that? Is that... I don't know. Is that even kosher? I don't know. (laughs) Unclear. Unclear at this time. Maddie, thank you so much for joining me. If people have feedback for you on Twitter, where can they reach you?
1: uh at it's just my name madeline c-a-m-p-b-l-l because like we talked about last time my full name is too long for twitter because twitter is a tyrant but
0: that should be the name of your book too long for twitter (laughs) perfect any good stuff you are working on for bsh right now that you want to plug
1: uh just a ton of draft stuff i'm deep in the uh the community draft board so uh anybody voting on those appreciate it um we're working through pretty much the first round of picks there so that's that's the big thing
0: any I, i'm not the best with draft stuff but any draft knowledge i get is from these pieces that you guys work on so thank you for that and i i certainly appreciate it
1: thank you for reading i would love to you're love to know that i'm not just posting into the void so that's fun no
0: you're not posting you're not posting into the void that's for sure i I know what you mean it sometimes very much feels like you're posting into the void or podcasting into the void i I not i don't feel as much that nowadays but like for years i felt like i was doing this for an audience of like two people maybe and one of them was me (laughs) exactly so yeah it can get a little frustrating but uh you know Hang in there. Doing great stuff. So that's all I have to say on that. Thanks, pal. You got it. You can follow me at Flyperboli or at Esteban, but if it's for hockey, make it FlyPerbole as opposed to my rapidly dwindling Esteban followership. It's not good, but it doesn't need to be good because I barely post shit on there. (laughs) <laughs> follow BSH radio follow broad street hockey and be sure to check out all of our great podcast offerings on BSH uh it's pretty much just fly perfectly and BSH radio in the off season but check them out oh wow thank you so much for listening and until next time in the words of the great Gene Hart good night and good hockey
1: Wow, 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 wow. <laughs>